Today's daf is Yud Bet in Masechet Betza. We are starting from the second line uh, of Amud Aleph, where the Mishnah begins. Bet Shammai Umrim in Motzin Lo Takatan Lo Talulav Lo Tzefer Torah No Shutar Rabim. Bet Shammai says a person may not bring a child or a lulav or a sefer Torah into the public domain on Yom Tov. Bet Hillel Matirin. Bet Hillel allow it. Now the reason would seem to be because Bet Shammai maintains. That according to the Pshat of the Mishnah, the Beit Shammai holds that the permission to do Malacha on Yom Tov is only when it is related to food preparation, which is literally what the Torah says, whereas Beit Hillel extends that permission to other situations of need as well. But the Gemara will analyze it. A certain Tana, Tana was a person who recited Braytot and other teachings, he said in front of Rabbi Yitzchak Barav Dimi that one that a person who slaughters an olat nedava, a voluntary burnt offering on Yom Tov, would receive makot. Now the reason would be because if it were a, an, oblig, an obligatory korban olah on Yom Tov, we would be allowed to bring it. But since it's for a personal, uh, personal vow that the person made, so they're not allowed to bring that on Yom Tov because the slaughtering and the burning of it has nothing to do with food use and it's not an obligation of the holiday. So he gets makot. So Rav Yitzchak Barav Dimi said the only author, possible author of that teaching would be Beit Shammai. Because, they, because according to Beit Shammai, whatever the Torah allows for the purpose of eating uh, is only permitted for that limited purpose. But when it's shelo when it's not needed for any yom tov enhancing purpose, it is not considered to be valid. So, the, and the way that it says here is lo amrinan He's basing it on the mishnah. Now, our mishnah carrying things from a public to a private domain, or vice versa is only allowed when it's related to food preparation. But we don't say that just because the Torah allowed it letzorich, meaning letzorich eating. So for the need of eating, so to have permitted it for all other needs or all other reasons. We don't say that. That's according to Beit Shabbat. Whereas Beit Hillel say that once the Torah comes along and permits, it permits carrying, then it permits it, uh, you know, even though the reason that it permits it might be to enable us to prepare food, it's a blanket permission and whatever we want to do with that, we're allowed to do. So say Beit Hillel and therefore they would say that if a person slaughtered and offered a burnt offering on Yom Tov, there's no way that that could be a violation of Yom Tov since the slaughtering and the burning and so on are all milachot that are permitted in a certain circumstance in Yom Tov. So do we say that just like slaughtering would be permitted for food consumption, it's also permitted for this non-food consumption situation of offering this burnt offering. So that, according to the Mishnah's initial understanding, is the machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Beit Shammai maintains that only under the, that when, when the Torah permitted malachot for preparation of food, it's, the, the permission is restricted to that need. Whereas Beit Hillel generalizes it and allows the malachot altogether. Matif Objection to this interpretation. How do you know that Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel are arguing about this? Maybe they're arguing about another question, which is mentioned elsewhere in Shas too, of whether there is a pro, whether there's a melacha of carrying on Yom Tov at all. One maintains that there is such a thing as carrying on Shabbat as well as Yom Tov. And uh, there's a prohibition 
of carry, just like there's a prohibition of carrying on Shabbat, there's a prohibition of carrying on Yom Tov. That would be Beit Shammai. And according to Beit Hillel, uh, although there is a prohibition of carrying on Shabbat from a public to a private domain, from a private to a public domain, and so on, there is no such prohibition on Yom Tov. And then we could look at the Mishnah and say, maybe both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel agree that when a melacha that is prohibited is involved, it's only going to be permitted on Yom Tov for the immediate necessity of food preparation. But here... Since we're, not ta- since we're talking about a non-food related thing, Beit Shammai is going to say there's a prohibition of carrying and you're not allowed to carry on, on Yom Tov just like you're not allowed to carry on Shabbat and therefore you can't do anything relate- that is unrelated to food preparation. And Beit Hillel will say if hotza'ah, if carrying were actually a malachah that were, were, was relevant to, to Yom Tov, then we would agree that you can only perform that malachah when you're preparing food, but there is no such thing as on Yom Tov. There is no Mlacha of carrying on Yom Tov according to Beit Hillel, so there's no need for an Eruv, such as an Eruv Echatzerot, that allows uh, carrying within shared domains, as we learned in Masachet Eruvin, and so on. Right? So, in other words, that's the Chidush. And there's a two different Girsa'ot, there are two different texts, one that says Eruv one that says Eruv um, which uh, it, it means that is, uh, meaning Eruv in that case is a, uh, is a qualifier of the word Hotza'ah, meaning is the prohibition of carrying mixed in with the other Malachot or not. Um, and so, but either way, either way you interpret it, the, the, since Hotza'ah, since carrying is a lesser kind of Malachah because it doesn't produce any physical change in the object, um, it's just a change of location. And since we see in, in, um, in the Sefer Yirmiyahu that Yirmiyahu tells the people that they have to be careful on Yom HaShabbat, not to carry things on Yom HaShabbat, so therefore it's possible to argue that that melacha would not be relevant to Yom Tov. And that's why Betilel is lenient here. Okay, not because they have an argument more generally about laws of Yom Tov. So the Kidichtiv, uh, as it says in the Pasuk, You shouldn't carry out burdens on, Yom Sh- on Shabbat. So according to that, could be that Beit Yilel and Beit Shammai only disagree about that particular point. If that were the case, that Beit Yilel and Beit Shammai are arguing about whether there is a Mulacha of carrying on Yom Tov at all, so why do they use the example of a Lulav, a child, a Sefer Torah? They should argue about rocks. Rather from the fact that you see that they don't argue about moving rocks or other objects that have nothing to do with Yom Tov, but rather they're dealing with things that would relate to Yom Tov but are not food related, you see that the machloket is whether when the Torah permits melachot because it wants to allow us to do food preparation, does that mean that it simply permitted those melachot for all circumstances or only when the actual performance of the melachot is serving for uh, food preparation? Um, that's why they argue about the cases that they do. Because if it were just a question about, uh, about whether carrying as a prohibition exists at all in Yom Tov, why use a case of something that's actually a need, like the child or the Sefer Torah or so on? Why, why use examples of needs that are not food-related needs? The, the Mishnah should have just used an example of an object that has no use at all. Rather, we see that the point is the machloket between Beit Yilel and Beit Shammai is whether melachot that are permitted on Yom Tov are permitted only when serving a food-related purpose or more generally for any purpose. And we see that Rabbi Yochanan had the same interpretation of Beit Yilel and Beit Shammai's machloket, just like Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Avdimi did at the beginning, right? The Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan had an experience also where Tana recited before him the following teaching. Tana, not here meaning one of the rabbis of the Mishnah, but one of the reciters 
of teaching. If a person cooks with milk, is already prohibited, right? It's the sciatic nerve. Cooks it with milk, and he does that on Yom Tov, and then he eats it, he's going to get five makot according to this teaching. First of all, he did a bishul, he did an act of cooking that had no food purpose for Yom Tov, because, it's, uh, because you're not allowed to eat the Gidan Hashem, so the cooking that he did had no food purpose, and therefore it's just a bishul, it's a cooking for no purpose on Yom Tov, which is prohibited. And not only that... Um, he's going to be yes. So lokem shum mivashel gid, velokem shum ochel gid, and for eating the gid and nashay, he's going to get makot. Velokem shum mivashel basabachalav. Moreover, he's cooking meat and milk together, which is prohibited. And velokem shum ochel basabachalav, and he's going to and he eats it, so he's eating basabachalav, so he's going to be liable for that one. Veloke mishum. And also lighting the fire itself, since it had no Yom Tov purpose, is another Melacha that he's doing on Yom Tov, and he will be liable for that because it has no purpose. So you see from here that of the five prohibitions, uh, you know, one relates to the cooking on Yom Tov, and one relates to the lighting of a fire on Yom Tov, and they're considered unnecessary or superfluous actions on Yom Tov because they don't lead to any food purpose, right? So what did Rabbi Yochanan say? Amalei puk good teach that outside. This statement that a person who cooks something that, let's say, is not edible, is not kosher on Yom Tov, the lighting the fire and, and cooking it would be considered melachot on Yom Tov, is not a correct teaching. And if you're going to tell me that really it is, um, uh, is something which is, is a true teaching that you would be able to, a valid teaching, that you would get makot for doing that, it could only be because they say that even though the Torah permitted you to do melachot for the sake of food, you're not allowed to do those same melachot for, that is not for the sake of food. Similarly, we don't say uh, lighting a fire for no reason uh, just because it's allowed for a reason, it's allowed for no reason, right? So, because according to Beit Shammai, just like we see in the Mishnah, said Rabbi Yochanan, just like we see in the Mishnah, that Beit Shammai says that even though the Torah allowed carrying for food preparation, it doesn't allow carrying for non-food preparation. So too, they would say that even though the Torah allows lighting a fire and cooking for food preparation, it doesn't allow it when you're not going to be able to eat that food. Beit Hillel, on the other hand, who says that when, um, that, um, Carrying for no perp for uh, that is not for a food purpose is allowed would also say that lighting a fire or cooking that's not for an, uh, the purpose of eating is allowed. It's or at least at the very least it's not something that's going to give you makot. It's not something that's going to give you any kind of a penalty. Now, so we see from that that that's the proper interpretation of the machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. We're going to see more examples of it in uh, later sugyot in this. Um, a person's not allowed to deliver the chala, the separated dough, and the other matonot. The matonot is talking about when a person slaughters an animal, they take these three parts of the animal that are delivered to the kohen. We learned about it in Masechet Bechorot a long, long time ago. Um, so you're not allowed to give it on Yom Tov, according to Beit Shammai. Whether... They were separated yesterday or today, meaning this, if the slaughtering was yesterday and you could have given those pieces of meat to the Kohen yesterday and now you left it to Yom Tov, we understand why you can't. But Beit Shammai is going even further and saying, even though today you slaughtered the animal, so you couldn't have done it yesterday, you still can't give it to the Kohen. Beit Shammai allow it. Beit Shammai says, We'll make a Gzerah Shavah, so to speak. And as Rashi says, not really a... Um, 
it's not really a Gzerah Shavah, strictly speaking, because he's not saying it's an Isur de Raita. He's saying it's an Isur de Rabbanan to give them the Matanot. But he's saying, just like we compare the Matanot, the pieces of the animal that we give to the Kohen, and the Chala, the part of the dough that we give to the Kohen, to Truma. So how does that work? Just like... Just like we don't deliver Chuma to the Kohen on Yom Tov, we don't deliver the Matanot, the pieces of the animal. It makes sense to say that by Chuma because you're not allowed to separate Chuma and Shabbat and Yom Tov, but but when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, for, to the Matanot, and also that would include Chalat too, seemingly, when it comes to these gifts that you're allowed to separate on Yom Tov, you're allowed to separate Chalat from the dough on Yom Tov because when you, when you prepare the dough for the first time on Yom Tov you have to separate the challah and when you slaughter an animal you're supposed to even though it doesn't prevent you from eating the meat of the animal if you delay giving the matanot but you're supposed to separate them out when you first slaughter the animal so since you're allowed to do that you're also allowed to complete the mitzvah and deliver it to the Kohen according to Beit Yilel Beit Shammai says no so the assumption is that the, that the machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Yilel pertains both to the case of an animal that was slaughtered yesterday and an animal that was slaughtered today, that in both cases, Beit Shammai says you can't deliver the matanot to the Kohen, and in both cases, the Beit Yilel says you can. Mani matnitin, so who's the author of our Mishnah? Okay. It's not Rabbi Yossi or Rabbi Yehuda, El Achirim, it's Achirim, which is a code name for Rabbi Meir. As we learned in the Brayta, Am Rabbi Yehuda, Lo Nechleku Beit Shammai, Beit Yilel, Matanot Shomu Meir, Vyom Tov, Shomu Lechin, Ima Matanot Shomu Meir, Yom, Vishin, Shchatu Meir, Yom. Because Rabbi Yehuda's version of Beit Shammai and Beit Yilel is a little bit different. He says they don't argue in a case where you separated these matanot from the animal and you want to bring them together with matanot that you separated on Yom Tov. In other words, you slaughtered an animal in Erev Yom Tov for, let's say, for the night meal and you slaughtered another one during the day and you separated the matanot of yesterday but you never delivered them. And then on the day of Yom Tov, you separated uh, the matanot and you want to deliver them together. There it's okay. The only question is, can you bring yesterday's matanot today? That Beit Shammai says you cannot, and Beit Yilel says you can. But that would mean that anything you slaughtered on Yom Tov itself, you could deliver to the coin for sure. And even if you wanted to take something that you separated from what you slaughtered yesterday and put it together with the stuff that you slaughtered today and bring it to the coin, that would be okay too, according to Beit According to Rabbi Yudah's interpretation, Danin. And according to this version, this was Beit Shammai's argument. Danin chalau matanot. We compare chalan matanot. The separating of the dough and the separating of the pieces of the animal uh, are matanal kohen. They are a uh, gift to the kohen. And similarly, truma is also a matanal for the kohen. The truma that we separate from grain is a gift for the kohen. Just like you're not allowed to give truma to the kohen on Yom Tov, we also don't give these other gifts. That no, if you say that about Chuma, where you don't have the zechut, you're not allowed to separate Chuma on Yom Tov. How can you say the same thing about Matanot? We're allowed to separate them on Yom Tov. In other words, according to Beit Shammai, the re- so according to Beit Hillel, in this version, even an animal that you slaughtered yesterday and you uh, and you took the Matanot, you separated them, you could deliver it to the coin today. And what's their argument? Because you could have slaughtered the animal and separated the Matanot and delivered those today. So why can't I deliver the ones from yesterday, according to Beit Hillel? Beit Shammai says, no, if you did it today, he agrees, according to this version. But if you did it yesterday, then it's like Chumah. And just like you can't deliver Chumah, you also can't deliver 
um, these matanot that are from yesterday. Because, of course, if you have Truma, it's also from yesterday, because you're not allowed to separate Truma on Yom Tov. No, I disagree, says Rabbi Yossi, with this interpretation of Beit Tilel and Beit Shammai. I say they're talking about the matanot shemolichin, lo nechlekul ala Truma. That actually, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's the most lenient. Beit Shammai and Beit Tilel say you can always bring the matanot of the animal. You can always bring the parts of the animal to the coin, even if you slaughtered it yesterday. What's the machloket? Machloket is about truma. Because Beit Shammai says you cannot bring truma to a kohen on Yom Tov, even though you separated it yesterday, and Beit Tilel says you can. That just like we know that separate the separated dough, the chala. And the gifts uh, from the animal's body that are given to the Kohen. And Truma is also given to the Kohen. Just like you can deliver the Matanot, you can deliver the Truma. In other words, according to this, um, the only argument is about Truma. And basically, since there's a Gzera not to separate Truma on Yom Tov or Shabbat, so Beit Shammai is saying that that includes also the delivery. And Beit Yilal is saying it doesn't include the delivery. But things that are allowed to be separated on Yom Tov, like the Chala and the parts of the animal, those for sure you could deliver, even if it was slaughtered yesterday. No, Beit Shammai says you can't compare the two because you're talking about things you're allowed to deliver to the going that you would also be allowed to separate on Yom Tov. Um, you can't compare that to Truma where you're not allowed to separate it on Yom Tov, therefore you cannot deliver it either, even if it was separated before. Okay, so we have so far two interpretations of Beit Shammai and Beit Hilel other than our Mishnah. The first one was Rabbi Yehuda who said, that if you're, that really you should be, you, the only issue is, uh, uh, but the only argument between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel is can you bring by itself the parts of the animal that were separated from a, uh, an animal that was slaughtered the day before Yom Tov? Can you bring those parts to the Kohen on Yom Tov? That's the only machloket. According to Rabbi Yossi, no, the only machloket is about Shumat. It's not even about Matanot uh, at all. It's not even about the meat at all. And what about, and what's the third interpretation? Third interpretation is Everybody agrees you can't bring the Truma according to him. Meaning, forget about what Rabbi Yossi said. You can't bring the Truma. Okay? They're arguing about the Matanot. This sounds the most similar to our Mishnah. Because it just says all that Beit Shammai and Beit Yilal argue about is the Matanot. Whether you can deliver the parts of the animal that were separated from it on Yom Tov. And it doesn't make a difference between yesterday and today, between on Yom Tov and before Yom Tov. Meaning, it would seem we could conclude at first glance that our Mishnah follows Achirim and not Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda says their machloket was only about matanot that were separated the day before Yom Tov and you didn't get a chance to give them to the Kohen. But according to Achirim, it sounds like in both cases, you're not allowed to bring them to the Kohen according to Beit Shammai. And that fits with our Mishnah because it doesn't make such a distinction. Right? Um, so uh, it would seem like, right, so that, It doesn't say anything about when these matanot were separated. It just says that they were separated. Really, the shechita could have been done yesterday. In other words, it's uh, the the, um, the Gemara is saying, and Rashi explains. You definitely can't go with Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi Yossi says you can always bring the matanot to the kohen, right? Is our Mishnah definitely maybe just talking about 
yesterday, when, when it was done before Yom Tov, umitukam alibei, In other words, if we're going to have to go uh, say that, that our Mishnah means whether those matanot were separated yesterday or on Yom Tov, then we definitely are not holding by Rabbi Yehuda. It, we could only be holding by, um, by Rabbi, by Yachiri. Like that, so it says, Mikatani matnitin ben shurumu ven shchatu meyayom, laolam shchita meemesh, falmanach nishchatu ben yom tov modu. No, it could be that our Mishnah means that, uh, is, is specifically say, speaking about a case where the animal was slaughtered before yom tov. And therefore it would fit with Rabbi Yehuda. Right, then we would say, Leima Rabbi Yehudahi, right, that's why it says, um, so let's switch it around and say, no, our Mishnah was only saying that Beit Shammai prohibited bringing matanot to the coin that were when the animal was slaughtered yesterday, before Yom Tov. Now when it happened on the day of Yom Tov itself, that would contradict Achirim, because Achirim doesn't sound like they think, or he thinks, that um, that if it was that it makes a difference when the animal was slaughtered. Even Achirim could agree with our Mishnah when it comes to those things that were slaughtered prior to Yom Tov. In other words, meaning to say that maybe we can interpret also Achirim as referring, he doesn't, he's not specific, so maybe he's also referring to when the animal was slaughtered yesterday. Okay, so now we have a problem though, because Yachi, Rabbi Hainu Rabbi In other words, if we say that when Achirim said that the Machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel applies when the animal was slaughtered before Yom Tov, whether you can deliver the matanot on Yom Tov. And you're saying Rabbi Yehuda says the same thing, that the machloket is only in that case, where the animal was slaughtered before Yom Tov and you didn't have a chance to deliver it, and now it's Yom Tov. But if that's the case, then they're not arguing, right? That makes Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda the same. If there's nobody here who holds that when the animal is slaughtered on Yom Tov, you're not allowed to give the matanot, so then what are we going to make as the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir? The machloket is about tefillah. And that was what we said in the beginning. In other words, according to Rabbi Meir, you, that Beit Shammai holds, you can never bring matanot that, from an animal slaughtered yesterday to the Kohen on Yom Tov. Even if you couple it with things that were slaughtered today. And Rabbi Yehuda says, no, there, even Beit Shammai is, is uh, lenient. Beit Shammai will allow you to bring matanot from an animal that was slaughtered yesterday together with ones that were slaughtered today. And that would be the machlok between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir, but then everyone really is holding that if the animal was slaughtered on Yom Tov itself, that it could, its matanot could be delivered to the Kohen on, that day, on, on the Yom Tov. In fact, the Alakha follows Rabbi Yossi, which is the most lenient, that you can always deliver matanot to the Kohen, even if the animal was slaughtered yesterday. You can always deliver that meat to the Kohen. But, um, and, and not only does he say that, he even says that the machloket is about truma. And since we hold like Beit Hillel, we're going to be lenient and even allow you to deliver truma to the Kohen on, on Yom Tov. Rav Tovi, Boredo Av Nachman, Havale Garbad de Chamrad de Truma. It once so happened that Rav Tovi, the son of Av Nechemiah, had a, ba- a jug of wine of truma. Atal came to Rav Yosef. He came to Rav Yosef. Amar leh said to him, "Amaulam to elakohen haidana. Can I bring it to a kohen today on Yom Tov as a gift?" Amar leh achi Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Shmuel halacha k'Rav Yosef. This is what Rav Yehuda said to Shmuel. The halacha follows Rav Yosef that you're allowed to bring uh, matanot as well as truma to a kohen on Yom Tov. Meaning that we don't have we don't place any restriction on the delivery of these items to the Kohen on Yom Tov. That's going to be allowed, and uh, and that's the conclusion of the Gemara. That is the permissive conclusion, the most liberal, so to speak, interpretation of um, 
of the uh, machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, that they're only arguing about Truma, and since we hold like Beit Hillel, we're going to allow everything to be delivered on uh, on Yom Tov. The Tosafot points out here, Peush lav davka molichin, do'adin im yavuako in the Beito, lo yitnemlo. That uh, Tosafot emphasizes that even though it says that... Um, that it, delivering these items to the Kohen, it really means even if the Kohen comes to our door, meaning that the concern is that delivering these things is like doing, a, doing the uh, mitzvah, uh, doing the pro- engaging in the process of separating uh, these gifts that are not supposed to be done. So it might be subject to certain restrictions. It's not about whether you carried it or dragged it to the Kohen or not. It's just about involving oneself, just like the rabbis made a restriction on separating Shuma and Maser on Yom Tov and Shabbat. They also made a restriction, possibly, according to Beit Shammai, uh, giving it, because the Netina, la Kohen, giving it to the Kohen, is also part of the mitzvah. And he has a discussion over there uh, about the parameters of this in the Tosfot. says, in Molichin, Chalau Matanot la Kohen. Um, he talks about what if the Kohen comes over to eat with you and so on and so forth. Um, be that as it may, um, the, the conclusion of the Gemara is the lenient one that we're allowed to give all these matanot to the Kohen on Yom Tov itself.